Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as finfanatic.com and the fan-sided network. It is a victory celebration here tonight. The Dolphins win 20-7 to in convincing fashion over the Patriots. And this is the first time in over 20 years that, the, that Bill Belichick has lost four straight games to a divisional opponent. I mean, Paul lives in uh, New England. So, I mean, I I can't imagine the joy he's feeling over this, but uh, I mean, it was a convincing win here tonight, Paul. Dude, it was today. It it was an amazing win today. I mean, let's face it. Like it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, there are a few areas that Miami definitely had room for improvement, and McDaniel uh, acknowledged that in his post-game presser, or actually his post-game speech in the locker room. I like that they're not complacent with what they did today because there are some areas, like I said, there are some areas for improvement. But, guys, I, I, I look out on Twitter, I see people bashing this, bashing that. Let's enjoy this win because it was a lot more convincing even than the score. I was terrified for this game because of all the expectations. And – the reason for that is because the Dolphins from September 18th to September 29th, they play really tough opponent. They play at Baltimore next week. They play the bills at home and then they play at Cincinnati in a span of 11 days. Those are three tough opponents. They had to win this game and the Patriots now are in a similar situation because they lost in convincing fashion. And now they play at Pittsburgh versus Baltimore at home, and then at Green Bay. So you're talking about them getting off to a 1-3 and or 0-4 start, and the Dolphins, if they hadn't lost this game, we would have been talking about them in the same light, I think. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, I mean, the team that took the field today did not look like a team that was quite up to the Buffalo standard yet. But, again, this is the first game with the new head coach, with some new scheme stuff. The defense looked like it was on fire. The offense didn't look like it was a problem. And we all know McDaniel is a guy that takes and tweaks and tinkers and fixes offenses. So it was nice seeing the entire team acting like a team, seeing Tua dancing like an idiot trying to get down to Waddle after that fourth down touchdown. Um, took, took risks, but took the right risks. And – it was fun, man. It was fun. It, it was uh, getting off to a 17 and nothing start was really fun at halftime. Uh, I, I've got to say, talking about people running their mouth on Twitter about not being happy enough. I have to admit I was one of those guys, but I've softened that stance. Um, I said at the beginning, I would give to a C minus for this game. I'm, I'm going to up that to at least a C plus or a B minus. I, I think part of me too was when the Dolphins were up 17 to nothing at halftime, I wanted to see them really put them away here in the second half. 
they didn't do that. And, and I saw a lot of bad throws from Tua too. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, that, that one play where, you know, the, the dolphins are up by, you know, not, not that much at the time. And, you know, miles Bryant drops an interception for the Patriots. And then the next drive, you know, Tua has a wide open first down that he could have just slid on. And it, Instead, he he just short arms the, the ball to to Trent Shurfield. You know, I, I, I don't know what the point of that is. Those are things that Tua needs to get better at as we continue to go along. But then I they look at a stat sheet at the end of the game. And you're talking about 23 for 33, 270 yards and a touchdown against a team against a Bill, a Bill Belichick defense that was top four in points allowed last year as well as uh yards allowed so yeah i might be one of those guys that should probably yeah just enjoy and, it and, and i look at it too as miami didn't have their entire offense together all preseason um and you know it's they looked good i i hate to put keep going back to that but they they did look good and i thought Tua looked good i don't think he looked great uh he could have easily thrown for 300 yards in this one and end of the day, we got the dub, man. We got the dub. Like, and I'm gonna enjoy this for a few. I really oh, am. you should, you should. And and you know, and now here's here is the good thing with the Dolphins' next three opponents is if you even win one of these three games, you're still keeping the trains on the track, you know. Um, and if you win two of the next three. You're three and one, and then you head into a schedule where between September 30th and December 10th, you face one quarterback who is a top 25 quarterback in the NFL. And the Dolphins defense is going to feast, and they feasted today on Mac Jones. Mac Jones is one of the better quarterbacks the Dolphins are going to face after these first four games of the season. So that's exciting, and they certainly feasted on him today. They did, and to the point where after the game, apparently Mac Jones went in for an X-ray after uh, it being stated that he has a, a little bit of a back injury. So that yep. could be very intriguing. Seeing the Jets playing without you know knucklehead there, um, and, and then the Patriots possibly ending up without with a Mac Jones issue. Um, Mac Jones is not scary, but he's a lot scarier than Brian Hoyer is. Yeah. The, the backup situation is a lot scarier. No doubt about that. And also Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips, the two players, I think really highly of at safety left the game with injuries as well. Um, a big story is as well was the dolphins had three offensive tackles leave the game, Teron Armstead, Austin Jackson, and Greg little, but Teron Armstead actually came back yeah, and Greg little did too. Greg Little did too, and Austin Jackson. Uh, you know, we'll 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 see what happens there. Um, but as far as the offensive line, because that's one of the biggest things we've talked about here. When Toronto Armstead was on the field, you want to talk about a pro's pro. I mean, he was fantastic. If you don't hear that dude's name, I mean, you know he's doing his job. He was walling off the left side. I loved it. I loved every minute of that after seeing Austin Jackson over the last couple of years. And um, 
Austin Jackson, he left the game early. Robert Hunt, I've got some problems with. We'll get to that in our grading. Connor Williams scared the crap out of me when he uh, tried to almost sail the ball over to his head in the first uh, first play of the game. With velocity. With with velocity, yeah. I mean. That looked like a Dan Marino vintage pass. And and Liam Eikenberg, I, I I thought I mean I, I have to rewatch the all twenty two on on Eichenberg, but I I thought he played pretty well too. Um, not not a, I mean I, I I'm excited about not only the design of this offense, um, but also that I'm unimpressed, almost unimpressed with Tua going twenty three for thirty three for 270 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I guess one of the best defenses in the league last year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, they're a little nitpicky things. There are things I'm going to have to get used to. Um, it is going to take me a while to get used to the running back being lined up so deep to let the lanes develop. Um, that's, that's something that screams in my head, but at the end of the day, it's what works for McDaniel's offense. And it's so until it becomes a problem, I don't have issue with it. Um, I thought the D-line had a tremendous day. I think my guy, Cater Kohu, who nobody believed me was going to make the roster back in June, put on a hell of a display today. New Dolphin Melvin Ingram looked better than I've seen him looking ever. Um, and, you know, guys like Zach Sealer, I thought, stepped up today. Guys, all over this team, there were guys that stepped up, you know, that could make their way onto the field. <clears throat> Mike Gasicki. <clears throat> yeah, Gasicki we'll get to. Uh there Kato oh, Kohu. Gesicki? There were there were some impressive defensive performances here, but none more than Kato Kohu, the undrafted free agent. And it's not just because he's an undrafted free agent. It's not just because of his backstory. I, I mean, you're talking about in in five drives in the middle of the game, the meat of the game. Uh, five minutes left in the second quarter. He, it was second and eight. He stopped Ramondre Stevenson, darted out to the edge, got him for a five-yard loss, and now it's third and 13. The Patriots end up punting. And then in the third quarter, he has that great pass breakup against Hunter Henry, you know, a Pro Bowl tight end. I mean, perfect technique. Patriots punt. Then in the fourth quarter, the, you know, the play that really sealed the game. Uh, he forces that fumble on Nelson Aguilar. You're talking about this guy, an undrafted free agent out of Texas A&M Commerce, ruining three out of five Patriots offensive drives. I mean, incredible work by this guy. And it also needs to be noted, Noah Igbenogany was inactive in this game. Oh, poor Noah. I mean, if, if you know, that drives me insane. If Noah's going to be inactive at this point, even with Byron Jones on PUP for at least the first four weeks. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, just like for Clayton Fedulum with his whatever issue he had, it, it it's time. Uh, it, it's you need to take a page out of the Raiders blueprint and start parting ways with some of those type of players and making room for talented players, because this isn't a roster anymore where you know, we've got to have like the, oh, if we just keep him on the roster and we close our hands and we wish real hard and we clap, maybe he'll be a good player. He's an athlete. No, there's a lot of athletes in the world that suck at football. And Noah looks like he's one of them. 
Yeah. I mean, he's just not getting it and he's not, it's not like he's a player that we've talked about in the pre-draft process, like a Tariq Woolen from uh, UTSA where he runs a four, three and he's six, three. And if he really gets it, then he's going to be a special player. I mean, he, he's just never been that type of athlete or guy. I mean, he's, he's been a good athlete, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be cut when uh, Byron Jones returns. Um, he needs to be, but, I mean, you don't cut Kater Kohu watching what he did. You don't cut Nick Needham. I mean, you, you can go through like every single corner that was on the active roster did something special today. Yeah. And, I mean, if Brandon Jones is a third round pick and made the play of the game, uh, Dolphins are down or are, are up three to nothing. And Mac Jones drops back. Brandon Jones flies off the edge, which was fantastic to see that the Dolphins remained aggressive throughout the entire game. Flies off the edge, strips Mac Jones, and then Melvin Ingram walks into the end zone to get the Dolphins 10-0. And just like last year in the final game of the year, the Patriots never had any sort of response for that. And it, But my point is that Brandon Jones, third-round pick, um, Cater Kohu, undrafted free agent, Nick Needham, undrafted free agent a couple of years ago. Somebody we were making fun of about how bad he was playing in preseason. There is unlimited opportunity in this defense for defensive backs to step up. Noah Igbenogany has never taken up on that. Um, he's gotten a few penalties when he's had his chance. Well, him being drafted in the first round was a penalty <laughs> flag. Um, uh, but as far as, as, other positions, obviously wide receiver. And this is what gets me excited too, is that it doesn't even feel like Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle had great games. And you're talking about Tyree kill eight catches, 94 yards, another rush for six yards. So eight for a hundred Jalen Waddle. I, I got so many text messages, messages from so many people in the first half, rightfully so about where is Jalen well he hasn't been targeted what's going on here I thought maybe his injury might have been more severe he ends the game with four for 69 and another rush for eight yards and a touchdown and obviously one of the biggest plays of the game and one of the most defining plays of the game compared to Brian Flores and Mike McDaniel is it's fourth and seven at the 50 yard line or close to the 50 yard line and they go for it. And Tua drills it in between three safeties to Jalen Waddle, breaks a tackle, and makes the biggest play of his career. 17 to nothing, halftime. And since then, and after that, the Patriots are just trying to play catch up. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, I mean, it, and and Miami really played a clean game overall. As it's you know looking around anyway, like, like aside from Waddle and, and Hill, I mean, it's we had four penalties, big deal. We went one for one on fourth downs, um, went almost fifty percent on third down. 
18 first downs in the game. Like, I mean, the only thing I wasn't as enamored with was, yes, the rushing was there when we needed it, but I I, I didn't see tremendous amount of uh, productivity in the run game per se, like I was hoping to see. But I think that's something we're going to develop as, as time goes on. I thought Chase Edmonds looked explosive. I thought Raheem Mostert looked explosive when he got little opportunities. And even though they didn't put tremendous yards on the ground up, they did contribute in the passing game overall. Yes, they did. That's a perfect observation of the running back position because, I mean, Mostert and Chase Edmonds, 17 carries for 41 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Not that impressive as far as statistics, but um, they had several big plays in the passing game. Um, You remember that play that Tua almost had the interception in the fourth quarter. Um, he comes back the next drive and he sees Chase Edmonds right underneath on, on a slant route. And we are not used to seeing slant routes from, from running backs that just pick up an easy 10 yards. And also Raheem Mostert catches a pass out in the flat, breaks a tackle. And when he breaks a tackle, he can take it another 10 or 15 yards, which we also haven't seen over the last couple of years because of the speed and explosiveness that he brings. So, um, yeah, I mean, Running running game needs work, no doubt about it. But I I also think Bill Belichick planned today to take away the running game and try to force the the Dolphins to win with two in the passing game. Well, that's what happens when even your offensive coordinator is a defensive coordinator. So you know you, you do tend to scheme your defense pretty well when literally everybody's a defensive coordinator, pretty much except for your defensive coordinator. Yeah. Matt, Matt Patricia was calling offensive plays. Uh, they just keep circling people around. Uh, but I think the Patriots are in big trouble here for the rest of the year. Um, and uh, right now, the Tom Brady at, what, 45 years old is beating the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So Actually, you know who looked like they were in trouble today? Um, really from the same, you know, involving the same draft as Tua. The Bengals look like they were in some damn trouble today, and Miami's got them coming up on a Thursday night. They do. Um, I, I I think they'll be fine. I think they just stumbled out of the gate. I'm more. That was more than a stumble. We would be yeah. have, if that was us. We would be having an angry, angry show, and that's not coming off of you know. A let's let's year. keep in mind the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in twenty plus years, and the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. That needs to be said. Mm-hmm. You know. But my bigger thing, too, is that T. Higgins got hurt in that game. I'm wondering what's going on with that. Um, yeah, I mean, a- after the first week, things start to get cleared up a little bit. So we'll see. But what I'm excited about is that if the Dolphins win one of the next three games, get blown out in the other two, and they're two and two after the first four games, they start to feast on those bad quarterbacks. And that's, to me, at this point, really kind of a worst-case scenario that they only win one of the next three games. I mean, that's a, almost kind of a really pessimistic view looking at the team after how they played today, and they could have done better. The Dolphins could have played a lot better today. Yeah, but it, there's something to be said for a first-time head coach coming out of the gate that gets a big lead right off the rip 
you don't want to expose too much. And I, I, it felt like McDaniel scaled it back once Miami hit a certain point. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to fault the guy for not putting a lot on tape if he didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, when you're up 17 to nothing, you really don't have to that much. And there is no doubt in my mind, no doubt that when you look at that fourth and one play where the dolphins were right around midfield and Carl Davis for the Patriots jumped, jumped off sides. There's no doubt that Brian Flores would have, would have been punting that ball. And there's no doubt in my mind on fourth and seven. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> you think Brian Flores is going for that? No doubt. There, there's no way in hell he's going for that. And when you are up 10 to nothing and you drive the ball right down the gun hole in between three safeties and you go up 17, nothing before half and then get the ball back after halftime, that, that is a, a defining type of attitude play. And I loved it. And we've been waiting 20 years for that to happen. That type of attitude for Tony Sperano and Joe Philbin and, and, and Adam Gase to actually have somebody that says on fourth and seven at midfield up 10 points, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to show confidence in our offense. I loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not only in the offense, but I felt like he showed confidence into it there. I mean, if you're worried about what your quarterback's going to do, you don't put him in a situation where that defining moment, you feel like it's going to fail. And, you know, as he put it after the game, it was a little too long for a field goal. They didn't really want to punt there. And the situation just dictated that it was worth the risk. And he, he had trust in his quarterback. So, and he was rewarded. And that's one of those things that you can build off of with a young quarterback. Cause as much as we can talk about ability and things like that, we need some opportunities to build confidence and, you know, it, it's it's actually comical because, and, and Manny just brought this up in chat, Miami's going to play against the Baltimore Ravens next week. Lamar Jackson had a little confidence builder today. But if you tell me he's not sitting back, studying tape over and over again from last year and seeing ghosts of the team that basically provided the blueprint that ruined his season, I <laughs> haven't faced them out of the gate. Which quarterback do you think is walking into next week with more confidence? Yeah, no, no doubt about it, especially because uh, uh, Mac Jones may not be walking into anything next week, uh, nor should he, because the Dolphins ruined him today. I mean, he, <laughs> he looked bad. He looked bad. And Devontae Parker, uh, let me say this first and foremost. Let's get the elephant out of the room here. Uh, that was pass interference from Xavier and Howard on the first drive. It was. And, but that doesn't mean the Dolphins would have lost the game if, if that didn't happen. That was yeah. pass interference. The, and the, the good cornerbacks know how to do that and get away with it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he, if the roles were reversed, if Devontae Parker was wearing a Dolphins jersey, oh, I, I would have been annoyed. screaming that that was but, pass interference. But, We've, we've, we've seen it time and time again where when we face a good corner, they've got that little grab hidden away from the official. They know where the official is. 
Oh, they he wasn't hiding it. It's not supposed to be. It's it, it, it's it, one of those where it would. We've had that happen and not get called against us before, and it's one of those things that the good ones know how to get away with. Yeah, um, I. I <clears throat> he has that respect in the NFL. Uh, and if if that were no Benogany playing cornerback, um, that uh, uh, he, it, that wouldn't have been the case. So let's get to our grades here, Paul. At quarterback, um, I gave Tua a C minus earlier. I kind of spoiled it before. Look, I I thought that he had a really good rhythm with. Tyreek Hill and they were on the same page, but also Tyreek Hill on that, on that reception where Tyreek Hill and just went up with one hand and came down with the 27 yard pass. He bailed him out. And in the second half, I thought some of those passes that he threw were inexcusable. I mean, there, there's no way that you should be throwing those type. You, you should not be throwing passes inside of four minutes um, that he was throwing. So, but overall, you, you have to look at the end of the day, 23, 30, 23 for 33, 270 yards and a touchdown against a Bill Pelgic defense. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a C plus because I want more out of Tua. I want more out of Tua too, but I'm not going to discount the way he played today. Um, I, I can give him a B in clear conscience. It's, you know, 66% of his passes, um, you know, no issues. He had that fourth down conversion, no interceptions. Uh, he, he got away with what probably should have been an intentional grounding, uh, later in the yep. game. There were a couple, a few, I there, think. there were some mistakes today, but they're ones that they can easily clean up and, and, a film nut that loves to break things down like McDaniel is going to sit with Tua now with meaningful snaps that he can show him. And I expect to see some of that stuff cleaned up. I love the emotional leadership we saw from him today. And uh, with, with room to improve a B is a very solid grade for him. Fair enough. Running back position. You uh, alluded to it here a couple of minutes ago. I'm going to throw it back to you on that for the grade. I liked what they did in a lot of areas, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, this this one's going to be a C plus for me. It's probably my lowest graded position. But, uh, well, maybe not my lowest graded, but it, it's going to be close. There there was a lot to not like today, but there was also a lot of potential you could see from, from especially from those two um, in Mostert and, and Edmonds. Uh, I definitely think they're good players. I think they're going to be very productive for us down the stretch but today wasn't good enough and it wasn't enough. And that's where I can go with a C plus. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And a uh, uh, Dolphin fan three sixteen, my boy here uh, is nailing it here in the chat. The Titans are taking a big step down with their big half win with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't lo- I'm sorry. I loved every minute. I'm sorry. Look, Ryan Tannehill is a good guy. I don't wish for his happiness. I don't. So, I never have. So let's, uh, uh, in fact, I need to give my running back grade. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to match you on the C plus because I, I, my, 
what I've always said is that if, if, if the running back position does not get over three yards of carry, I can't give them more than a C plus, but I, I don't think there was a lot of room. And when there was room, Chase Edmonds got skinny and got through the hole. Um, he also had, you know, an eight yard loss on a toss play and a five yard loss on a toss play, which really ruined the yards per carry here. But, you know, th- there were two catches that Chase Edmonds made in the passing game that no other Dolphins running back would have made in the last, you know, six or seven years. Um, one of them was a slant play that got the Dolphins a first down, kept the chains moving. Another one, he uh, broke a tackle and slid down and, you know, also extended the, one of those final drives. Raheem Mostert, that 16 yard catch, just clutch, keeping the chains moving. So I'm looking for more offensive output, but overall was really impressed and also a fullback die for a first down, Paul. Love me them fullback dives. Let's go. I mean, I just, you know, yeah, it's the, the wide receiver position almost equated to uh, what our top running back did today as far as yardage goes. And we were kept out of the end zone. I liked a little, I did like what I saw from Ingold in his limited, limited snap count, but yeah. So anyway, on to wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say about fullbacks is on a third and one understand Ingold is not Kyle Juszczyk. So don't have that play action and go all the way down the field. You've got Jalen Wiley, you've got Tyreek Hill, you got Mike Kosicki. So you sound uh, like you'd like to sit and talk about fullbacks for a little while. No, no, no. I'm if good. You'd like I'm to, good. I, I am here for you. I'm good. Oh, I know you are Uh wide receiver. Um, you know, the, I keep going back to it doesn't seem very impressive with what Tyreek Hill did today from a, you know, statistically it, it doesn't. Um, But then I look at eight catches, a hundred yards on offense. Um, He, it's not even an option to cover him on a given play. And that's something that is so special in this guy. And then you do that and you lull the defense to sleep with so many catches from Tyreek Hill. And then Jalen Waddle comes out and makes the biggest play of his career against Bill Belichick. So I like that one bone I have to pick uh, as far as receivers are actually two bones. I have to pick number one, Cedric Wilson has to show more effort on those two plays that he was given. Um, He got an eight yard swing pass and he also got an eight yard pass out to the flat and he just kind of tiptoed out of bounds and it didn't make a lot of sense to me because now you're in second and two instead of first and 10. Um, Mike Kosicki. I mean, I, I, I think he's a player that's going to be there later in the year. And I I think he's somebody that's kind of like, kind of like a, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be, he doesn't fit. He looks weird in this offense, but I think he's also going to be somebody later in the year that is, is a sore that you take off and, and throw, throw the pass to and, and make, I, I'm not sure what I'm saying on it. 
but <laughs> I've lost my train of thought on that. But you, you, you lost me at the beginning of that train track, buddy. Yeah, Gesicki <laughs> is is a weird fit in this offense, but I also think that in 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 the most obscure game that he's going to have like five catches for 130 yards. Yeah, no, there were a couple of plays today where all I could think was like, you know, if you just lob that up to Gesicki, that would have been a completion. Yeah, um, and you know, it is weird seeing him. I think. He has such a weird and unique skill set that I think McDaniel is still trying to figure out how he wants to utilize him. Um, and again, it's something I think either they're going to figure it out in the first four or five weeks, or he might get salary dumped before the deadline. We don't know. Uh, no, no, he's that's because they've already paid him. I mean, they're they're going to trade him for something or they're going to find a role for him. And let well, him that, walk that, it. And that's part of what I meant by salary dumped is, is, is trading him for something. Yeah. Um, it, because end of the day, you're going to get something back for him. And if you can't figure out how to utilize him, which I expect McDaniel should be able to do at some point, but again, gasicki has got to meet you in the middle on it as yeah. far as, as, as his role goes. And, you know, we don't know the conversations going on behind the scenes, but, I can't imagine Mike McDaniel couldn't figure out a way to utilize a unique skill set from a player. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, speaking of unique skill sets, uh, Eric Ezekama, which was uh, mentioned by uh, Brett Dodger here in chat, um, he was inactive today. And I, it wasn't a huge surprise for me because he's a raw player. And River Craycraft was promoted from the active roster along with Veron McKinley, not a huge surprise. I I do hope that they carve out a role for Ezekama here throughout the rest of the year. And I think they will. I think they're just trying to get him ready to go. He doesn't really play special teams. Yep. And end of the day, it's a numbers game with, with the inactive list. Uh, They've got a couple of guys that are hurt on there. Their third quarterback, which they can activate if they need to during a game. And then, guys like Trey Flowers, who is a little bit superfluous on this roster right now, now that they've signed Melvin Ingram. Um, And, you know, you got to throw one of the receivers on there at this point, especially when you're keeping Seathan Carter, uh, Hunter Long, Durham Smythe, Mike Gesicki, uh, everybody but Tanner Connor, Connor from the tight end room active. And I think we had, what, all four running backs active today too. Plus a fullback. Like end of the day, you, somebody has to be inactive, and he's towards the bottom of the roster as far as the receivers go, which isn't a terrible place to be on this Dolphins roster with the receivers we have. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and Greg Gumble, as far as uh, uh, grades go, gets an F today because he called in. He, he and the staff said that can't, uh, Tanner Connor was on the field, and he also said Justin Bethel was Cater Kohu twice when he made incredible plays. <laughs> we'll get to Cater Kohu, who is a star of the game. Spoiler. Defensive oh, – no, let's uh, – so wide receiver and tight end. I mean, we may have to start dividing up receiver and tight end. I've been saying that for years. Don't you start that crap now. All right. So, so uh, wide receiver, what's your grade? Wide receiver, B plus, room for improvement, but a lot of fun. I'm going to match you on the B plus as well. I, I hate to do it, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, there's room for improvement, 
I, I, I'm looking for another couple of plays over the top, but yeah, I'm going to match you on that. And Cedric Wilson drags the grade down just a little bit because I want to see more effort out of him. Tight ends. Uh, uh, I mean, C plus, I guess, because they didn't really do anything wrong. Uh, Mike Kosicki had one catch for two yards. And when he did, he looked really unhappy when he got up from that catch. Durham Smythe blocking really well. Hunter Long was on the field a lot more than I expected to. So, all right, C hey, plus Hunter for tight ends. Had a brawl in that game today. That was pretty cool. Uh, I got to rewatch that. I didn't see that. Yeah, towards the end of the game, he almost got in a fight. It was awesome. Uh, no, I, I'll give I'll give the tight ends a C, and I think I'm being generous. That's uh, more so for Durham Smythe because you know. Mike Kosicki had that catch, got up looking unhappy, and I, I mirrored him on that. I was pretty unhappy, too, that that's all we saw from him today. Um, I'll go with a C because I didn't see a lot from the tight ends, so C sounds like a good grade for me. Yeah, so let's get to the exciting part here, the defensive side of the ball. You didn't the even the line. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I know, I know. Offensive line, yeah. It, we, we talked about it earlier, but yeah. <laughs> you first. Man, I'm I'm losing my mind here. Um, I loved Tron Armstead at left tackle. I was so excited to see that. After, I love a good left tackle, and Tron Armstead. You didn't hear his name much. You saw the athleticism. You saw him stonewall player after player. He got hurt for a little bit, and then he came back. I loved it. Um, Connor Williams scared me with uh, the snap over the uh, the near snap over the head of Dua. But you also see these are quality offensive linemen, proven offensive linemen that we haven't seen in a very long time with the Miami Dolphins. I loved it. And I may have to go back to the all 22, but Liam Eikenberg, I thought played a pretty good game too. Um, Robert Hunt did not play a good game. He had a lot of missed assignments after I watched the offensive line play a couple of times here. Um, but I'm, I'm really not concerned about him because I'm going to trust trust what I've seen over the last two years when it comes to Robert Hunt. Um, Greg Little, underrated, very underrated. Austin Jackson, look, um, he didn't do really – he was okay, I guess. And went out on what the first series? Yeah, he did. And that 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 was that was the okay from him is that he went out on the first series. Like, yeah, woo. I mean, that's the, that best, <laughs> that's the best. That's the best thing we've said about him in years. <laughs> he he didn't screw up too bad before he got broken. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want him to be like pulled so bad that he's pulled, but oh, just just get hurt instead. Yeah, he's been durable and terrible for a long time. <laughs> and Greg Little, I mean, you don't hear anything from him. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's because better. he's been broken and okay for a little while. Yeah. So, offensive line, um, Robert Hunt drags a grade down for me dramatically. I'm I'm going to go with a B. I'm I'm going to go with a. I'm actually going to go with a B minus here. Toronto, Toronto Armstead looked good in this one, but 
Matthew Judon was in to, to his face a lot. So were a couple other players. Um, we didn't really get the running game going. Matter of fact, I'm going to drop this down to a C plus to, to match my running backs. Um, there's definitely the potential there. And, you know, Connor Williams making a few snaps in adventure, to say the least. I mean, making a shotgun snap look like he actually shot it out of a shotgun uh, and not in the right spot was was adventurous. Um, but again, there was a lot to like. I think this is a much improved offensive line. So I'm curious to see what McDaniel is able to do with this now that he's seen these guys play together ish for most of a full game. Absolutely. So, you know, the offensively, it, it wasn't great in the second half, obviously. (laughs) I mean, they only put up three points, but they were also trying to protect the lead on the defensive side of the ball. um, They shut out the Patriots in the first half. I mean, what more can you say? And uh, it, starting with the with the uh, defensive line, uh, Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins are the two that really popped for me. Um, you know, I it, it, it to me it it forced the Patriots offensively to force everything outside, and they 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 had some success running the ball with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson on the outside. But, you know, it's, it's great having that three-man interior defensive line trio of Raekwon, of Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, and Christian Wilkins. And I, I think they showed it here in this game. They did. It, it's Sealer, I thought, had a tremendous game, as, as we really saw from him when Miami first acquired him, and we saw him stepping into that role last year, Christian Wilkins somebody that I, I thought might end up being traded um, towards the end of, end of, or towards the beginning of last year, continued his strong run. And Raekwon Davis is, is tremendous in the middle. Like he's not a guy whose name gets called a lot, but he's doing a lot of things and plugging the middle of that defense. Um, and, and no, I, I, Miami's front three is really phenomenal and it's it's such a good rotation as well yeah Raekwon Davis has had how many sacks as a dolphin maybe one and a half and in his last two years at Alabama has had had two I mean he, he is what he is and he's oh he is a massive football player who clogs the inside that's what he is in this defense and he is performing that role very, very well. And Zach Sealer's ascension over the last couple of years, you, you saw him out there at defensive end today. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he is just impressing more and more every single day. Um, Emmanuel Agba had a blown coverage sack today and overall looked good. Um, Jalen Phillips, I'm looking for a little bit more based on today. Um, I thought when he was out in space, he didn't look very good. When he was out in coverage as a stand-up outside linebacker, he's the one that led up the Dolphins' only touchdown to uh, Ty Montgomery here to, today at the running back position for the Patriots. So, um, but overall, Jalen Phillips recovered a fumble today. Yeah, he did from Cater Kohu. Yes, sir. From Nelson yeah, he Aguilar, did. forced he did. by Cater Kohu. 
I, I'm still really excited about, about Jalen Phillips. Um, didn't have the greatest game, but had that one good play. Um, he, he had a couple of plays where he got some penetration and did some interesting things. He didn't get there, but he actually, uh, late in the game, he got a hand on Mac Jones as Mac Jones got the ball out and for what almost ended up being a safety. Like it, it's so there, there were some good plays for him. I'm not, I'm not going to fully beat the man up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to beat him. He, he didn't have a bad game. No doubt. And that, you know, when Kohu knocked that ball out, he came from the defensive end spot and ran across the entire field and got that ball pretty quickly. He's, he's always doing positive things. I'm looking for somebody that's going to play through the offensive tackle and be that kind of like Joey Bosa type of guy. Uh, I didn't see that today, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to continue to add weight and capitalize on that overall defensive line. Um, B plus. Yeah. Defensive line. Oh, I didn't even factor in Emmanuel Ogba in mine yet. I mean, Ogba, I thought had a very strong and stout day. Uh, vintage Ogba. Zach Sealer batted a pass down today as well. Uh I, I'm going to go with an A minus for the D line. I thought they they held the running game with two very good running backs for the Patriots to not a lot. Uh, they they put pressure on Mac Jones. Dude's getting an X round his back right now. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good with with the defensive line's performance today. A minus is, is perfect for me. Yeah, I mean. I can't disagree with you on that linebacker. Eh, it seems like we're given the same grade all the time from year to year. Jerome Baker, or Landon Roberts, Duke Riley. You know, we didn't see Channing Tindall uh, today. I'm counting Melvin Ingram as a linebacker today. Gotcha. Yeah. And Andrew Van Ginkle too. I mean, the Dolphins are stacked as far as edge and linebacker. I mean, Van Ginkle, there, there wasn't a lot of a room to make plays today. Other than a touchdown. Uh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. For, for, for Van Ginkle. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Obviously Ingram. I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> Ingram, Ingram, Ingram had the biggest play of the game. But, yeah, it, it really depends if you're counting defensive end or off-ball linebacker and uh, in the grades here. So, I mean, Melvin Ingram I thought was sensational. He was all I over mean, the field. He was all over the field. Yeah. I mean, he, he was playing more of a traditional linebacker role than I expected from him today, too, though. Yeah. So this is going to really mess up our grades. So uh, I'm going to throw it to you. <laughs> Touchdown. Hey, let's go. You, you scored the first touchdown of the season for the Dolphins, and we're all over the field. There were some plays where they gave a little more ground than they should have. I can go with an A for the linebackers, even though even with a few mistakes, they really opened up things on on the levels in front of and behind them today. I found it hilarious that uh, I think it was Brian Gumble. Every time that they brought anybody up to the line of scrimmage, Greg Gumble or Greg Gumble, whatever. Like I, I just it's whatever idiot was calling the game today. I, I found it hilarious that anytime the Dolphins brought anybody up to the line of scrimmage, they literally brought up the fact that. Oh, Miami's just bringing the house like they did. They, they bring the house on every play. No, they don't. They come up and they only rush three or four most plays. 
Just you don't know where that blitz is coming from and who's dropping in coverage. Like just because you can't break down the guys that are moving backwards and the guys that are moving forwards doesn't mean they're all running forwards. Like, and, and the linebackers really do a great job of helping mask that. And, you know, they got a touchdown today. Hey, Greg, Greg Gumble was, I mean, for 10 years, just the voice of dolphins failure. And now lately, every time he calls a game, the dolphins win. So I'm a Greg Gumble fan. I'm going to say that right now. And also too, if, if, if you're a family guy fan, feel go back 20 years ago, uh, Gumble to Gumble is a great episode on Family Guy. So um, do what you want with that info. Um, but I think that Melvin Ingram has been a massive addition because he, look, I've always called Andrew Van Ginkle an opportunistic outside linebacker, defensive end type of guy. Oh, I love AVG. I, I do too. But Ingram is more of that power type of defensive end. I wish he would switch away from number six. That that looks like we're still in preseason, but um, yeah, I mean, he was in passing lanes today. He was fantastic. You're just I, finding I, things to gripe about when you're like, I wish you would change his jersey number. I always do. Like that's that's if that if that's your biggest gripe with the linebackers, you better say at least an A minus two. Uh, I'm gonna go with, with a B plus just to annoy you on that. They got a goddamn um, touchdown. Yeah, they did. And your only gripe um, is like, oh, they didn't get AVG on the field, and he wears the wrong number. Yeah, so that they're that's better than a B plus. Their linebackers and um, their linebackers scored as many points as their uh, as the Patriots' Opponent. offense. Opponent. <laughs> Defensive backs. I'm going to throw it to you on that. Good lord, this was a fun position today. Whether it was Cater Kohu forcing a fumble, Brandon Jones forcing a fumble, Javon Holland with an interception, Xavier Howard. Shutting down Devontae Parker. Call it pass interference if you want. They didn't call it on the field. Uh, Nick Needham got beat for a nine-yard reception at one point. Oh, no. If that's where our cornerback standards are, I'm good with it. Uh, It was very interesting to see what Miami was able to do, the way they were able to be deceptive. They flew all over the field from that defensive back position and caused plays, including three turnovers today. I'm with you on that. So what's what's your what's your grade? I can't I can't find fault with the defensive backs today. I am going to give my first A plus of the year in the first game because they studded out, and that's without one of the star corners. See, I, w- I was trying to one up you on this because I'm also going to give him an A plus because Brandon Jones is the one that caused that play. 100 percent caused that play. One more thing though before you before you go on. I'm, call, I'm claiming Cater Kohu as my player of the game, just so you know, before you do. Ah. Um, I am too, so I'm going to have to pick a different guy. Uh, but uh, Brandon Jones, right, and, and what I was really excited about is that the Dolphins did not scale back their defense this year at the beginning of the season. They hid Brandon Jones on that play behind Melvin Ingram and behind Jerome Baker and he, he just screamed off the edge and stripped Mac Jones. And then Melvin Ingram just walked into the end zone. That's not talent for me for when it comes to Melvin Ingram, Brandon Jones, that was impressive. And that defensive design was really impressive. Loved every minute of it. Um, at cornerback, before I get to Cater Kohu, 
uh, Nick Needham opposite Xavier Howard. Um, I, I thought he had a really good game on the outside and he had two big catches off of him, but they, those were such perfect throws by Mac Jones and really the only perfect throws that he made throughout the game. Um, so I'm okay with that. When you're man to man and you're doing your job for 60, 65 snaps a game, I, I respect that if, if the quarterback is putting it in the right spot one or two times. Um, it's hard to replace that. But Cater Kohu is somebody that is maybe one of the stories of the Dolphins season if he continues to take that next step up. I mean, I can't emphasize enough that in five drives for the Patriots, he changed the game. Uh, I don't know. I think the Dolphins would have won if Cater Kohu hadn't um, stopped Ramondre Stevenson um, for a five-yard loss in the second quarter or had a massive pass breakup in the third quarter from him and then had a forced fumble that sealed the game. I, I still think the Dolphins would have won, but not as convincingly, not as convincingly. You're right. It, it would have been, it would have been probably a three point game. And that's unbelievable to say about a undrafted free agent in his first game. Well, I mean, and let's face it, you want to talk about a game featuring defensive backs that studded out from small schools today. You got to include Kyle Duggar in that conversation for the Patriots. As much as I hate to admit it, Kyle Duggar had himself one heck of a game today. And he was a guy we talked about from Lenar Lenore Lenore Ryan Junior uh, College, which yep. I, I, I bet dollars to donuts most people hadn't heard of before Kyle Duggar got drafted. What a lot of people thought was too early. And, and going back to our draft coverage, we talked about him a great deal being that second or third round talent that might be a steal later on. You bet. Um, yeah, he, he's somebody that's going to be a problem for the Dolphins here over the next couple of years, as well as every other team here in the AFC East. Special teams. Thomas Morstead, who we've had on the show before, who, who you've interviewed, three punts inside the Dolphins' fifth or, or inside the Patriots' 15-yard line. Um, that's what I'm looking for out of a punter. Somebody who does their job, <laughs> and you know it, the Patriots fair, fair fair caught the ball at the five, at the nine, and, and at the fifteen. That was a major and underrated part of this game. And I, I, I think the Dolphins caught two of those punts in midair inside yeah. of ten. Like Ke- I mean, it's just <laughs> Keon Crossan caught one of them. Um, yeah. I'm trying to picture the the other two, but yeah, I mean. Really, just a quality punter, former Pro Bowl punter. Um, and uh, at, at kicker, obviously, Jason Sanders, that, right off his foot, I thought he missed it. And that turned out to be a big kick to put the Dolphins up 20 to 7. And after that, the Dolphins were able to pin the Patriots back and they were ne- never able to recover. So, special teams. Played a big part in this game. One bone I have to pick, Blake Ferguson almost really botched something here. Because um, Thomas Morstead picked a ball off the turf late in the game. And Morstead bailed him out. And that was the punt 
that the Dolphins uh, have, uh, had nailed down at the five-yard line when Keanu Crossan caught it. So Blake Ferguson, eh, one one is okay, but special teams, A. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a B here. Um, I didn't love Javon Holland making a few fair catches with his back to the end zone like he had it. Um, I didn't, you know, that that adventurous kick, the bad snap. Maybe uh, you know what? I'll go with a B plus here. And I didn't think we did anything tremendous in the return game today. Uh, and we've learned over the past decade or so how critical the return game can be in flipping the field as far as some of these plays go. But again, I'm just I'm just nitpicking a little bit here. And, yep. You know, B plus is not bad when it's your special teams because it means they didn't really screw up, and that's a huge thing as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone here because, uh, and it's been said, uh, in our chat here. Thank you, Chris cook. I r- really appreciate that. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, is going to need surgery on his hand after tonight's game. And the Cowboys do not have a backup quarterback, <laughs> like literally not a backup quarterback. They elevated, uh, um, Cooper Rush up to th- from the practice squad to be their backup quarterback for this game. So they they're the first team in NFL history, in my unless I'm wrong about this, who do not have a quarterback on their roster. And Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm, I, I, I told you before, I told you when, when, when they drafted Skyler and I sat back and watched him, I am okay with making a trade involving Bridgewater to the Cowboys. How about we package Gasicki and Bridgewater to the Cowboys for a first round pick? Yes. Yeah, I would too. But we are not the general manager. We are not Chris Greer. So, Paul, let's get to the first. He likes bundling. He's the bundle master. Yeah, he does oh. tend to steal steal from these other GMs. But anyway. So who is your player of the game? And your, yep, Gator Coe, who's your Coke bus player of the game? Coke bus player of the game. I'm going to go with Mike Gasicki. Gets one catch for one yard, gets up pissed off, and looks a little lost at times in the offense as far as where he's supposed to line up and what he's supposed to do. It's... Gasicki is supposed to be a stud weapon. He's on our franchise tag and one catch for one yard. And I, I was looking for the snap counts before the game and they're unfortunately not out yet. So I'm very curious to see what his snap count was. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be higher than we expected it was. And when he was out there, he did nothing and it's lower than it. And it's lower than it should be anyway. Absolutely. Uh, Cater Kohu would be my player of the game. Uh, I'm going to take the layup here. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Um, eight catches, 94 yards, um, also a rush for six yards, and it very easily could have been two or three more catches if he and two were on the same page on those. Um, my Cocoa bus player of the game for me is easy. It's Robert Hunt, and he blew several assignments at right guard. 
Um, he also kicked out to right tackle when the Dolphins needed him. But uh, those could have been really awful plays when uh, when he blew those assignments. So he he's going to get that from me. And but that's wow. it, Paul. Good. Uh, somebody actually had it in chat. Gasicki had 27 snaps today. I did not think it was that high. I, I saw him actually blocking on the offensive line a little bit, which is really evidence that this is not a good fit. Who, who offensively is he blocking? Because Judon didn't do it too many times. Obviously, chip blocking. So they're 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 asking him to do things that he doesn't want to do. Um, it's not that well, I take that back. It's not that he doesn't want to do it. It's he's not. I mean, he is what he is. He is the easiest player to define in the history of Miami Dolphins football. He's not a blocker. He doesn't break tackles. He is going to moss people at the tight end position. That's it. And I would not, I would not give up. I would not trade him for less than a third round pick because it's, it's pointless, yeah. you know, because yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's at the end of the day, I hate to say it this way, but Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer can sit him down in their office and say, I understand you want to get traded. You're on our franchise tag. You want to get your big contract next year. You better play like it. It also needs to be pointed out too, that Gasicki has been a pro with all of this. Yeah. It, it, you know, he's been class act 100%. He's I think we're putting it on the field. Well, I mean, I think we're putting ourselves in Gasicki shoes here that you're talking about somebody with this type of athletic ability and these type of receiving skills who is being asked to be an offensive lineman in certain situations. And of course that's not a good fit. That's what happens My, when you play tight end. He's not a tight end. He's, he's a big slot receiver. I know. We've, agree, we, we've agreed on that for years. I know it's just, it, it's, it's disappointing to me. I, I like my tight ends and fullbacks and yeah, I don't, by the way, guys, I, make sure, make sure you guys like, make sure you guys subscribe. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. We are going to have a lot of coverage coming up over the next few weeks. We got goddamn dolphins football back. Yes, we do. And the dolphins are one and oh, and that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins 20 to seven victory over the Patriots. Be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, as well as the finfanatic.com website and fan sided as well. I'm Brian cat NFL Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.